All right, everybody, welcome back to Always Be Burden. We got another, let's dig into it, interview with someone who I'm super excited to be here with and to have stumbled upon her company uh, randomly on Instagram called Alpine Parrot. I'm here with uh, Raquel Vales, who is the CEO, creator, badass woman, boss of Alpine Parrot um, here with me to talk a little bit about what her company is doing for larger bodied women and femmes out in the outdoors with with clothing and pants specifically right now. Welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. It's I'm so stoked to be here. This is this is awesome. I <laughs> I just love it. I love it so much. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about um, Alpine Parrot and who you yeah, are. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, um, so I am. Oh, I I started out as an engineer who um, decided that it was time to kind of take all these skills that I have from my engineering past and bring them to a totally different industry the apparel industry, specifically the outdoor apparel industry, mm-hmm. um, as a uh, Latina plus size woman, I just could not for the life of me find clothes that fit, especially when I wanted to spend time outside. Mm-hmm. And so I just being an engineer, I have this tendency to just be like, well, how hard could this be? Mm-hmm. Um, and I uh, decided it was time for me to put my hand at making my own pants. Um, specifically hiking pants. And so um, I started a company called Alpine Parrot. And um, our first product are the Ponderosa pants, which are a very technical hiking pant, uh, specifically for women's sizes 14 to 24. And I want to call out here, um, your gender is beautiful in every way, shape and form. Unfortunately, the fashion industry is still stuck in the 1940s. And mm-hmm. so three buckets, women's, men's, and children's. And so like, I'm just trying to be like, I'm focusing on this bucket, but however you define yourself, yeah. that is gorgeous. And I'm not going to, you know, I'm not trying to say these pants are only for specific people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am planning on expanding those sizes even more um, as soon as I have time. I mean, it's a rough world 2020 Mm -hmm. hit me hard um so i've only got the six sizes to start however i do have two fit styles because it turns out we come in different shapes in addition to being different sizes and so Mm -hmm. um these pants come in two shapes one is called the mountain fit which is for people with a smaller waist and bigger hips and then the other is the river fit for people who have kind of a more parallel uh like waist and hip shape Um, and I mean, these pants, I designed them selfishly for myself, um, (laughs) but turns out other people like them too, right? They are high waisted, the, it's a curved waistband so that when you bend over, like air doesn't go down your butt crack. It's Mm -hmm. a shocking thing, but Mm -hmm. it's real. Um, they have five pockets (laughs) because we need pockets and all of them can fit a modern day cell phone because Uh it's 2021 and i am tired uh, of not having pockets that fit things yeah um and then um they also have an adjustable waistband and uh like a key ring like for your carabiner and um the fabric is the like real shining glory here it is 
a um, it's a stretch nylon. So it feels kind of like leggings, but they perform like they're stronger than leggings in mm -hmm. that they are um, they're quick dry, they're breathable, but they're also abrasion resistant because my thighs touch. Yes, girl. And <laughs> yes, girl. The and I do not. I do not need my pants to start falling apart within days of wearing them like so many other pants. Mm. Um, and so I've been wearing my pants for literally almost a year now. Um, and they're still like in excellent shape. So mm -hmm. it's, these are, these are really great. I've been uh, testing them on lots of people of different shapes and sizes. Um, and I'm super excited to have a Kickstarter coming out in April. Um, so be on the lookout for that. But these are going to be, I think these are going to be a game changer. I'm I... really, really excited about it. And the, the other thing I just want to kind of point out here is that um, being a plus size woman of color, making Alpine Parrot, uh, my mission here at Alpine Parrot is to create outdoor apparel that is uh, that celebrates and encourages underrepresented people in the outdoors, namely, uh, people of size and black, indigenous and other people of color, because you know what, we have not been centered in the outdoor conversation. And it is time that we are because if we want real social equity and environmental equity, we've got to start really focusing on that, uh, on the people who really just aren't centered at all. So yes. When I stumbled across Alpine, I was like, what's Alpine Parrot? Cool. And I was like on your website and on your Instagram. And I was, I like immediately was like, dude, fuck yes. Like, I so I think like also as a larger bodied brown woman who loves to be outside, I have one pair of hiking pants and they are pranas and they are low, like low risers and mm -hmm. like, they're fine. Like they're fine, but they're not mm -hmm. comfortable. Right. I yep. feel like I could be yep. living a better life in some better pants that are made for my body. Um, yep. And they, you know, and, and they were super expensive to not be comfortable for me. So yeah. Totally. That's, you know, and so I, I tend to wear a lot of leggings anyway. And so I'm here for the legging-esque material in general. Mm -hmm. And so I, I was so happy to, to find this and to um, have been able to chat with you, um, you know, in the DMs world. And then we had a little uh, fun Zoom chat before this. And, <laughs> and I, I love the mission too, because that's another thing is, is, inclusivity it comes in a bunch of different ways you know um yeah. and BIPOC people are not are not being centered in in very many outdoor things and so if we can do that in any way possible like I'm here for it and so if that means pants mm -hmm. here we are if that means podcasts here we are and so yeah. <laughs> I love what 100%. you're doing <laughs> I'm here for it for sure um thank you also thank you for 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 doing that and I kind of want to know a little bit more about like what actually shifted for you when you were doing architecture um to to something like this like what because it is very different like two opposite ends of the world different so yeah if if you just want to like 
let us know like what that what that shift was for you like uh, mentally and emotionally since it was such a uh, I feel like maybe giant leap of faith to go from some something like pretty stable as an architecture job into like your own business and and making making pants for us. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. So to to like to give a little bit more background on myself, like my my background is um, so I got my degree in mechanical engineering. Um, in college. And then I was robotics engineer and then I was in software engineering. And so it's just been a lot of engineering. And let me tell you, being in tech, super cushy, mm -hmm. <laughs> made a decent salary. Mm -hmm. um, but if you know any other women of color in the software tech industry, they can tell you it is hard. It is yeah. a hard life. Like you get paid well, but you get paid to stay quiet. Mm -hmm. um, and I just, I couldn't, I, I just, I hit so many walls and so many glass ceilings that I was just like, you know what? My joy is in the outdoors. I want to be outside. Um, and so like, just to give like a little bit more background, I started, I didn't really get into the outdoors until I was in my late twenties. I was like mm -hmm. 28 when I learned how to ski. Mm -hmm. Um, before that, like being Latina, my, my family, did not engage in the outdoors as when I was a kid. Like it just wasn't really a thing. Um, you and I were joking the other day that like, you know, the definition of success for a lot of families of color, especially if you have any sort of generational poverty, like anybody in your line, if they've like been in poverty, success does not look like sleeping on the ground yeah. outside. That is not what success no. looks like. Success looks like a bed in a house that mm. you paid for, you know, mm. like that's what success is. And my parents were successful by that definition. And so the idea of sending me off to go sleep in a tent was just a non-starter, like right. no, never right. going to happen. So right. I didn't really engage with the outdoors until I moved to California um, several years ago and like my husband was like, Hey, let's go skiing. And I was like, I know, like my family's from Puerto Rico. There's like, right. We don't do cold. We don't know. Do yeah. Snow. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but he managed to convince me and I, I fell in love. It was the most amazing experience of my life. And I was just like, Oh my God, I want this more in my life. I need it. And then like, I have been skiing every single season since the times that I can't ski, I hike or mm -hmm. I now camp, you know, like there's all mm -hmm. these things that I just found so much solace and joy being outside that it would get to the point where I was like, I don't want to go home, I know. <laughs> I go back to work. If, like, I just want to stay outside. I just want to, and this was not me as a kid. I was the kid who just like stayed in her room reading all the time because that was my happy place then. Mm -hmm. um but being outside is my happy place now and like it just got to a point where i was like i can't i can't put up with this shit anymore mm -hmm. it's time for me to go do something different and um i learned to sew the same year that i learned to ski um and that was because i hate buying jeans and i was just like i'm an engineer how hard can it be to make my own jeans um and so it took me three years before I actually made my own jeans, but I did end up doing it and um, ended up like making my own patterns and learning all sorts of things. And it got to the point where 
I was like, I'm going to make my own hiking pants. Like, mm -hmm. let's do this. Mm -hmm. And people were just like, I need hiking pants. And I was like, really? Yeah, you know. Like, yeah. And I was like, <laughs> okay. But like, it's so hard. Like when you're starting a new business, there's all this advice, like do all your market research, make sure you're, you're making a good bet, you know, and all this stuff. But mm -hmm. there's very little data about people of color in the outdoors, people of size in the outdoors. There's very little data about people of size, um, like, like as fashion models and, and things like, like the way the fashion industry works is not is not set up for people of size and i'm going to go ahead and say people of color because honestly our bodies are different if you're just making clothes for like the stereotypical white cis hetero man like and then trying to just shove those bot like those shove other people's bodies into those clothes like it doesn't work it okay. doesn't work at all and you need to really think about that from a more nuanced perspective um and i was like you know what? Let's do this. Here we are. Literally, uh, I think February 5th is like my one year anniversary. Yay. <laughs> so um, of, of being the CEO of the full time CEO of Alpine. Yeah. So like yeah. it's uh, I think it just might work. I think it work. I think you got something. I think you're on to something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe people at this point are like, well, what, what does this have to do with birds? <laughs> and I hope that people <laughs> aren't doing that because, you know, <laughs> it's not always have to be about birds, but mm -hmm. I know that you like birds. I know that you're not Thank like you. a birder per se, but I don't even, what does that even mean? Honestly, what does that even mean? If you like birds, you're a birder. Um, and so if you could let me know what your, your favorite bird is and, mm -hmm. and kind of why. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, so I, I like, I like lots of birds, but, um, I'm going to give a shout out to the Alpine parrot, mm -hmm. um, which, um, <laughs> if you're, if you're, if you're in the know, you know, um, there's only one species of Alpine parrot in the world. It's called the Kia and it's, um, this incredible bird that lives in the Southern Alps of New Zealand. Um, and it is just the most badass bird ever. Um, and it is like, the reason I love it so much is because it, it's a parrot. And when we think about the stereotypical parrot, we think of like singing birds in the tropics, hanging out on palm trees, you know, all sorts of like bright colors, etc. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But what's cool about the Kia is that it plays in the snow, right? Mm -hmm. It is super social, super smart. Um, they like to play tricks. They are super welcoming of new friends. Um, and they are this, like on the outside, they're this gorgeous olive green color. But when they fly, they have these gorgeous rainbow underwings. And yeah. um and like the reason I chose, well, I also want to want to give a shout out, uh, like make make a note that um, the Kia are uh, considered a a treasure by Maori, who are the indigenous people of New mm -hmm. Zealand. And I want to just make sure that we acknowledge mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. just how important that is, and um, give thanks to the stewardship and mm -hmm. um, uh, 
and just like just incredible work that Maori have done. I, I named my company Alpine Parrot because um, when I think about the people that I'm trying to serve, the stereotype says that people of size and people of color don't go outside. Mm -hmm. um, just like the stereotype for a parrot is does not include snowballs. Mm -hmm. um, but just like the the Alpine parrot, when we are in our element, we truly and truly shine. And mm -hmm. you know, I just it just felt like such a good match for what it is that we're trying to do. And that's my favorite bird. I love it. When you told me that story, um, I, so I always, I didn't, I know what IKEA is in my mm -hmm. mind. My mm -hmm. mind's eye knows what that bird looks like. I didn't know it was called IKEA. Yeah. Um, and also didn't know that it had that name, that dual name of Alpine parrot as well. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that that was like the only parrot species that like lives in the snow, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, and, and I want to point out something here. You can always learn from anybody. So I, and so, and like, and I say that because I think that there's this like pedestal, like people put these like certain birders or like level of, of, birding or experience or how long you've been doing something as as being uh quote unquote good or excellent at it um mm -hmm. and I just I just I don't I don't subscribe to that and so like and I also don't subscribe to needing to know every bird in the world I don't I don't know I didn't know what a Kia was and so I I'm just I say that because I didn't I didn't, I'm glad that you, you taught me something about birding and I'm here for it. So thank Yay. you. <laughs> um, my pleasure. My and, pleasure. I, <laughs> and I, um, I love how and how and why you came to that name for, for Alpine Parrot and like how that ties into um, your values in and behind why you're doing mm -hmm. these, these pants and why Alpine Parrot yeah. even exists as a company um and yeah like I had googled you know the Kia and they heard this really beautiful green and then once they start flying they're really like this it is it's like a rainbow on their wings you yeah. know it's and it's so cool. gorgeous yeah it's cool and so it's yeah. really that kind of like um idea of when we think about racism specifically mm -hmm. and how it operates of placing something the way that it looks in a box and pigeonholing um, and yes. stereotyping, right? And <laughs> when BIPOC folks are uplifted and not actively being held back or kept out of things that bring anybody joy like the outside as soon as BIPOC people come into their joy I I think it transitions from that pigeonhole effect of oh this like just olive green kind of like Meh, and like this these are judgments from white people not from my mouth by the way I don't feel this way <laughs> about people of color anyway but <laughs> I know that white people do but anyway 
and they come in and we come into our joy and we spread our wings and we're out here flying and doing our shit. It's all yeah. magic and rainbows and sunshine and glitter in my eyes. Yeah. Like there is, it, there is nothing like uh BIPOC joy in my opinion. Yes, it's absolutely. So, it's so, absolutely. Ugh, there's nothing like it. And so I love that, that, um, that story and how that plays into Alpine Parrot and how kind of you and I have come across and and have the, like this like overlapping uh, mutual experiences and love for for these things. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna get me out snowboarding, Raquel, but <laughs> that I'm not is gonna do it. <laughs> totally okay. That's totally okay. I mean, a huge thing that I think a lot of folks don't realize is that the way to enjoy snow is to dress for it properly but guess what if you don't have clothes that fit you so that you can enjoy things at the proper temperature like then of course you're never going to enjoy it like i we just got dumped like we got like four feet dumped on us this last two days and i've been outside shoveling and it has been joyful for me i mean it shouldn't be but i freaking love it but that's because i have clothes that actually fit me and keep me warm and so it's just about the fluffy like honestly every time i look at the snow i'm like this is powdered sugar it's literally just powdered sugar and i just want to like grab it and like throw it at my dog (laughs) where where are you i don't Um, I'm, i'm currently yeah i'm currently in south lake tahoe california um, and so maybe you have already kind of like gotten into this a little bit. Maybe it involves some skiing. Maybe it involves some, some, you know, snowball fights with your dogs. But what does your ideal day out in nature look like? Yeah, I mean, so it, it genuinely it's just spending time outside. I mean, in the winter, it's going skiing. Um, but uh, I love love hiking and i discovered snowshoeing this year which is so fun it is so so fun i know you're like you're like not sure not sure about that um (laughs) but it is it is i just i love being just outside and um hiking camping it's all of it i Mm -hmm. it's so funny like if 10 year old me were to listen to me right now she'd be like you've lost your damn mind yeah mm-hmm. what are you talking about mm-hmm. like i grew up in a family where my mother's idea of camping was motel six sorry mm-hmm. no holiday inn mm-hmm. holiday Inn. Okay, holiday okay. inn express was like her idea of like camping and i'm yeah. like all right mom that's cool like and that's what i mean that's what i grew up with right and like when right. we talk about stereotypes mm-hmm. it's not just what like like it's also what you've been fed your entire mm-hmm. life and mm-hmm. i was fed this idea of we don't go outside like latinos do not go outside um and like now i'm just like but it's so quiet out here and it smells so So good good. smelling the trees Mm -hmm. and the lake and like seeing sunsets it's so Mm -hmm. gorgeous and like the sunrise and like waking up that it's just a little bit cold but you're all nice and warm and snug inside like you know like it's it's Mm -hmm. just that feeling that you don't get when you're waking up in your house usually usually don't get that yeah um so yeah i don't i don't have a specific ideal day i think the ideal day is going outside 
spending time with my dogs and my husband um, and then like falling asleep exhausted. <laughs> Afterwards, that's, yeah. that's my ideal day in nature. It, there's what we do exactly is kind of irrelevant just as Yeah. long as I can like be with the people and animals that I love um, and breathing in real oxygen and then crashing to sleep. <laughs> Yeah, totally. And I think like that definitely, like your upbringing and my upbringing are definitely similar. Like I, um, again, like I said, I'm from Cleveland and I am from a majority black suburb, not a wealthy suburb, like don't get it twisted. Uh, but it was not, it was, um, anyway. Um, but yeah, my outside was my front yard, you know, Mm-hmm. and I, a lot of times it wasn't that either, you know? And so Mm -hmm. I think this idea and you kind of hinted to it earlier a little bit of what is success, right? And what is, and what is outside even for Yeah. some people and, Yeah. and, you know, being outside because nature is still everywhere Yep. can be the balcony on your apartment building. You know what I mean? Mhm. And, and it doesn't have to be um, these <clears throat> huge trips up to, to the mountains or to, Totally. or even to a trail or a nature reserve or anything like that. It can be city block landscapes or, you know, green spaces. Um, or literally just stepping outside for some people is, is, is is an Mm -hmm. ideal day outside. And so I, Totally. I think, um, it's important to recognize that in the outdoor industry, right. Also Mm -hmm. in conservation, um, in terms of what people have access to, what people's upbringings are, what the very real kind of, um, not only accessibility, but also like fear, straight up fear of being outside can mean Absolutely. for some people. Um, Yeah, but for sure. I think like on a lighter note, in my ideal day outside, um, Mm hmm I, oh man, this is maybe really an intense birding thing for, for, I can be intense. Like I'm all about chilling and like, it's just birds, you know, but I can also get into this intense, like a uh, uh, seven hour straight birding mode. And I love it <laughs> and I've done it. And it's one of my favorite things to do. And like, I, my ideal day would be um, getting my ass up ugh, ugh, and just birding literally all day. Um, and then coming back and camping And then like you're saying, like just falling asleep because like, even though I'm not like running a marathon, looking constantly being on alert for birds is, Mm -hmm. is exhausting. And then, Mm hmm Yeah. and then, it, but it would have to be with specific people. Um, Totally. I don't, I don't do competitive, like there's nothing competitive about that. It's just like, Mm hmm it's intense to bird for like eight hours straight, you know, Yeah. it's pretty Totally. intense. <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah. I think it'd be so fun for us to go to New Zealand because I'm not a huge birder. Like I, 
I really only started becoming getting into birds when I went to New Zealand. Um, I've been three times because New Zealand has no natural land mammals. And so it's all birds. And like, there's a super cool bird called the Tui, um, T-U-I. And like, I call it the R2-D2 bird because the way that it, it calls, it, it's like, beep, 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 beep. Oh my gosh. And it's just like, what? <laughs> What is that? oh my gosh, <laughs> um, yeah. and like, there's just, it's just such a cool group of birds that you don't see anywhere else in the world. Um, and I, I would just, I think it'd be so fun to hang out with someone who knows how to bird. I know nothing, but I know where some cool birds are at. So let's go, let's like share that experience together. That'd be super fun I'm in the after down times, of course. in yeah in Yes. the <laughs> post post apocalyptic times huh Yes. that bird is really pretty I just googled it it's kind of like Yes. um let's see what could I describe this bird as it looks like a mix between a stellar's jay which is out here in the pacific northwest and a grackle and a starling and it has a really curved beak interesting everyone who's listening should google this bird it's really interesting looking um and it looks like it it makes some wild sounds oh these Yeah. like Oh. white tufted feathers i'm gonna okay i'm gonna geek out about this later anyway Yeah. There's so many cool birds in New Zealand. I'm happy <laughs> to introduce you to all of them. Um, yeah mm-hmm New Zealand even has a bird of the year competition every year as like a, like, and it's, it is more intense than like the U.S. election. It's Oh, gosh. so funny. Like Wow. people are like, vying for different birds and they're like i'm on team tui or i'm on Ki team kiwi or i'm on team like it's just so Wow. funny and like like there's like and it, it all comes down to just conservation it's all run Yeah. by like the conservation like bird wildlife conservation group um but people like new zealanders get so into it Interesting. and they're just like my bird won last year we're gonna Oh, my win gosh. again this year and it's like so no funny. <laughs> it's so That's funny so funny. so Priorities, am I right? Election, Yes. politics, you know, white supremacy or birds. Like, okay. Let's think about birds here. Yeah. Um, goodness gracious. Okay. And so I, I, um, I wish that somebody would have taught me when I was younger or like helped me when I was younger like figure out how to like work for myself essentially and like start my own business so that I would have I wouldn't have had to have dealt with all of the sexism and racism and ageism that I have dealt with working for other people and specifically white place places um and so I'm wondering if you have any advice for young black indigenous people of color out there who are interested in starting to work for themselves or or have these ideas that they really want to fly with and maybe have some reservations or don't feel confident about those ideas and and kind of like what just like a sh like a short like what what would what would you have wanted to know before you started Yeah, so I have an incredible privilege in that my mother was an entrepreneur. Um, so I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. I've
it was weird when I went and worked for another company because I was like, I, this is strange. I don't know how to handle this. Um, that said, I do think a, a variety of experiences is important for everyone because mm -hmm. every single experience that you have in your life will set you up for success in the next experience. Mm -hmm. um, like, it doesn't matter if you have a linear path or like a really weird zigzaggy path, they're all really important. Um, but I would say that the most important things are um, first, really understand what your idea is. Mm -hmm. It needs to be really clear in your mind who is going to like who's going to benefit from your idea um what like what is it going to cost to make it if it's a product um what is it going to cost you in terms of a service like if you're doing something for other people what is what kind of toll does that take on you your body your mental health all of those things understand the costs understand the benefits um and like it is super annoying to deal with all the money things, especially mm -hmm. in the super capitalistic society, but we are living in it and we need to put food on the table. So you mm -hmm. need to understand how all the numbers add up. It sucks. There are days like every Thursday is my accounting day. That's mm -hmm. just what I've decided is my thing. Um, and I sit there and I figure out all the math because it has to happen. And then I spend the rest of my time building my community, my product, my business, all of those other things. Um, and honestly, ask for help. Like we have this weird, there's just such a weird thing yes. in my brain of like, I need to prove that I can do it by myself. Mm -hmm. But let me tell you, white dudes don't do it by themselves. They get help too. It's just that their help is automatically granted and we mm -hmm. have to specifically mm -hmm. ask for it. Mm -hmm. um, and so there are a ton of free options out there. Like you don't have to be paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to like advisors and things. Mm -hmm. um, and if you're in the United States, uh, the like you will likely have a local small business development center, which is run by the SBA, which is the Small Business Administration. Um, you can reach out to your SBDC and say, hi, I would like a mentor, please. Um, and they have people who have been in business for literally decades who have retired and all they wanna do is help young entrepreneurs figure everything out. And they will sit there with you for hours talking through how to set up your QuickBooks um, and they do it for free. It's 100% free. And um, I, I, I kind of, people were telling me about it and I was like, no, 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 I don't wanna like, take anybody's time they genuinely enjoy this stuff and i have spent like three hours four hours talking um with an sbdc consultant and it has been a total game changer for me so like do not hesitate to ask for help mm -hmm. um and just like just go for it there's owning your own business is really really hard but it's also really really fun Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm having my, I'm like experiencing my best life right now. So living your best life. And that's, yeah. that's the goal, honestly. And, and mm -hmm. I thank you for all of that personally too. Cause I'm like, uh, I need to know, yeah. I didn't know about the small business, uh, was assist, uh, administration, administration. Small business, yeah, SBA. Hmm. Yeah. It's a, it's Looking a, it's a that. federally funded crew they're the ones who are behind all the like ppp loans mm -hmm. with if you might have heard about that with covid um mm -hmm. 
but like they just have so many different things. They have classes um, for how to like put together your business plan. Um, and it's usually, if it's not free, it's really reasonably priced. Like Okay. the same program elsewhere, like through business school or something would be way more expensive. So Interesting. you do not have to go to business school to own your own business. Let me just tell you that <laughs> Hey, as well. <laughs> I I I agree. Um business school sounds boring AF. So if you can skip out on that, great. <laughs> um Mm hmm. It's and hella expensive. also and that, right? Um, and I also like am a firm believer that, you know, this world is, especially America, is is a capitalist society that centers uh, white supremacy and everything is so woven so closely together that in order for us Black Indigenous people of color to... um not be harmed every day and not um be in a situation where we're placating to white supremacy we need to do our own damn thing and so i think that there is more and more um people who are looking to do their own thing and start their own businesses and and you know for the people by the people essentially Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Mm hmm and kind of reshape what capitalism looks like uh, not what it looks like but not be in it right because you know capitalism is such an uh, individualist type of thing and uh most if not all like poc communities are are communal centered and and you know anyway i digress i digress again but thank you for that that um information um i i'm definitely looking at all that personally so Mm -hmm. yeah you're welcome no problem this <laughs> this <laughs> is the part where we yeah dig into it um yeah i as always i i, I always am like huh these interviews are set up interesting because we always dig into a lot of shit before we actually even pick the thing that we want to dig into um which i love personally i'm like there's a lot of stuff to talk about all the time but Mm-hmm. what is it that you raquel would love to get into today Yeah, I mean, there's so many things we could get into. Um, but I think I want to talk a little bit about what what does healthy mean? Um, in in like especially in like the world of the outdoors, there's this, I mean it's Ah, it's the beginning of the year. Everyone's all like, new year, new you. And like, I keep seeing all the ads on Instagram. Like I keep, I actually got a text message the other day being like, are you ready to lose 35 pounds? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Ew, in a ew, text. where did you get my number? Ew. Why are you texting me this bullshit? I do not need this. Yeah. This is hella How invasive. toxic. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, ugh. Um, and, and it's like, like, I think, It's interesting. I think we're starting to have the conversation, like a national conversation around health and like, like people keep using the O word obesity, like it's some sort of like catch all. And it's, it's, it's meaningless. Obesity is meaningless as a word. And like, I think
a lot of people and people are going to disagree with me. I'm sure you're going to get a whole bunch of letters being like, no, it's not. Um, and I'm going to be like, yes, it is. Because what is it? What can you actually define obesity to me and tell me what it is about fatness that equals like lack of health? Because right. as far as I'm concerned, the the triggers of health are things like how much are you sleeping at night? Mm. Uh, are you eating well? Do you drink enough water? Are you moving your body? Are you exercising? Do you smoke? Do you drink? Like those are the things that actually affect your health. And quite frankly, you could be super skinny and be unhealthy, mm -hmm. right? Like let's not forget the nineties mm. and like the heroin chic, uh, look, yeah. That was not healthy. I don't yeah. care who you are. That was not healthy. Yeah. So like, why do we equate like larger size with lack of health? I think, I think that's incorrect. And it really just comes down to like fat phobia, fat phobia. and, and I'm going to just throw in here racism. I think that they um, tend to go hand in hand because, you know, most most women of color are naturally curvier than white women. Um, and, you know, if you want to go back in terms of of anti-blackness, you can mm -hmm. go back to slave days and, and we could talk about the mammies and, all, you know, all of that shit, mm -hmm. because that is also what plays a, a a part in, in fat phobia as well in America. And, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it's interesting too, because like I, fat phobia is so invasive and toxic and, and mm -hmm. harmful, um, mm -hmm. to, to everybody, not just, yes. um, femmes or women, it's, it, it's men, it's, it's, it's toxic to masculine, like what people think is masculine mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, fit men, whatever that means, having muscle or like, and anyway, and that being somehow more masculine than, than having, you know, uh, either, even like a thinner body versus, uh, a larger, anyway, I, yeah. Growing up, <laughs> grew up with um, a it, within a household that did a lot of calorie counting mm -hmm. um, for Weight Watchers, and I grew mm -hmm. up with that shit. And so I, and I don't, I don't do that, but it's that this that 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 pressure that you get anyway from society saying that you need to look a certain way. Um, and then also within your very close household that that's that secondary pressure of like, well, damn, I'm just trying to eat some Chinese food because I enjoy it. And I like <laughs> won this softball game earlier and I want to, oh, my cat, my cat's feeder just went off. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I have to automatically feed him. Um, but anyway, so he also enjoys food. No, I don't remember what I was saying. Oh, um, that phobia yeah. in my own house like and it's just mm -hmm. it, it, anyway and and then you know as I've gotten older um as bodies are one to do they change mm -hmm. and I have been trying very hard to combat all of the fat phobia in my own head that has indoctrinated in me on top of all of 
freaking racism that's in my own head you know what I mean like there's Mm -hmm. so much to unpack there and to unlearn and to not um allow yourself to (sighs) fall down that like emotional rabbit hole where you feel bad about yourself because you don't look a certain way you know Mm -hmm. but like if you're feeling fine then you know and it is it's that idea of healthy and and how like um they're I'm not a scientist I'm not a doctor I don't know anything about it and so I I I don't really even know the definition of obesity or whatever um that I I do know that in terms of like what doctors use to put what is it like your the MBI what is that scale called oh the um the BMI the BMI yeah, yeah that that's literally a joke <laughs> like it's not yeah, even it it's not even like uh, based in in real science I don't think mm-hmm. and nope it's not and it's it's the amount of times that I've heard you know people going into the doctors for something that has nothing to do with their their weight and coming mm-hmm. out with a doctor's suggestion to lose weight. And I'm like, well, what does that have to do with anything? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, and that, that level of fat phobia as well. Um, not to mention just like in the outdoors, like people. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop talking. Cause like, you just got me all, all, all like ramped up <laughs> and also on a tangent about this because it's something that I personally deal with, you know what I mean? And it's, mm. it's not, you know, when, and I, ever since moving to the Pacific Northwest as well, like, again, from Ohio, from Cleveland, didn't do a lot of outdoor stuff. Mm -hmm. Now, um, I do a lot more stuff outside, but, you know, I have asthma, and it is, some of it is more difficult for me, like, I, I don't enjoy really rough hikes, like, I don't, they're not Mm -hmm. fun for me, because my body doesn't like it, Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I go on these hikes with these certain groups of people or whatever, I always, it's not, and it's not fun for me because I'm with people who are like lightning ahead of me. You know what I mean? It makes me feel bad. I feel like, because I'm heavier that I'm, un, I'm I can't do it. You know what I mean? And then I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm holding these people up. It's such a weird like conversation that I have with myself and, mm-hmm that's why it's not enjoyable to me. It's not because it's like, I can't do it a, or because I don't enjoy what I am surrounded by. It's just like this idea that people are judging me essentially because Mm -hmm. I'm not 102 pounds and like running up this freaking switchback. Like, you know, (laughs) no, totally, totally. I mean the, the extra brain cycles that you have to spend um, while engaging, like, like that, that's a cost that a lot of other people don't have to think about, you know, mm-hmm. like, and it's the same thing when you're, when you're trying to like wear clothes that don't really fit properly. Mm-hmm. Like people think like, oh, well, the clothes don't quite properly fit. Like, what's the big deal? Like, it's not whatever. But the fact that you have to spend any of your energy mm-hmm. thinking about something other than what you're actually trying to accomplish, that takes away from your joy, right? Mm-hmm. And so like, if you are constantly pulling up your pants because they don't quite fit around your your hips and your waist, um, that is a fraction of a second 
that you're pulling up your pants, you're thinking about your pants instead of enjoying the nature around you. Mm-hmm. Um, and or they're and that, painful, like shorts, yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, like I, I was like, uh-uh. I was doing the basic, like shouldn't even be that big of a deal. But if it's even more than that, then forget it. And like, mm-hmm. if you're thinking about the group that you're with, if you don't feel comfortable, like now you're spending cycles thinking about what they're thinking as mm-hmm. opposed to thinking about like what birds am I hearing right now? Right. And that takes away from your joy and that Mm -hmm. sucks. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's all fat phobia. Um, I want to, um, give a shout out to a a book that really kind of solidified some stuff for me. Um, it's called fearing the black body, the racial origins of fat phobia. Um, and it, uh, the author Sabrina Strangs is a black woman. She really goes through from the beginning of like, I want to say like the 15th century, Mm -hmm. like diagramming exactly where all of this started. And it comes down to um, like fear of the black body and not Mm -hmm. wanting to be anything like it. Mm -hmm. And then telling white women, you can't be like this because they are lesser than us. And so Mm -hmm. you cannot be fat and therefore you must not ever be fat. And that, that one idea has Mm -hmm. trickled down to where we are now and has basically said, you know, fatness is bad. If you are fat, you should feel bad. But it's not like we choose the makeup of our bodies. Um, right. You know, like there's so much more to it than that. Like there's genetics and like it's, there's so much nuance in there that to just call it like obesity and saying this is bad, move on. Like, ugh. Yeah. And that it's somehow just tied to medical stuff. And like, let's not get into the medical industry and people of color, specifically black women Mm -hmm. with black bodies. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's all like, it's, it, isn't it wild how racism sucks and is in everything? Yeah. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I don't understand. Like, yeah, it's wild how many conversations I can have about something that is troublesome mm-hmm. in this in this specific country and then tie that shit all the way back to racism you know yeah. and it's just oh mm-hmm. gosh and it's just like can we not like enjoy like i don't like the phrase yolo but like i'm here for the idea behind it it's like mm-hmm. you really only do you live once and so like yeah. i we're all gonna fucking die you know mm-hmm. at some point and and so why like enjoy the food Stop counting yep. the fucking calories. Is it yummy? Does it make you feel good? Does it, mm-hmm. do you know, you know what I mean? Are you trying, you know, culturally new things and exploring and trying to like, for me mm-hmm. personally, like uh, 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 help my palate grow from mm-hmm. like freaking ketchup and french fries? You know what I mean? Like, ain't so, nothing wrong with ain't ketchup and wrong. french fries. I had them last <laughs> night, girl. Like, it's fine. <laughs> But, um, but like, can we just enjoy ourselves and like to tie this back into what we were talking about earlier, like, can we do all of that as, as fat women and also go on a hike without having these issues that we have to think about with, with our clothing, with, like I was saying, with what other people are, you know, like thinking or like these fit, these fit white men, like, like staring at you like what are you doing out here for multiple reasons you know and so totally can we just live our fucking lives and like live in joy without people policing it the answer is is no for whatever reason (laughs) 
I also would like to. And I think that like you, your company, Alpine Parrot is, is doing the work to get people closer to that joy, right? Without fear, without um, trying to like uh, uh, edit our joy Mm -hmm. to fit into what for sure white people think is joyful um and and so again thank you for doing this work um and putting a lot of yourself into it and your story and your personal it's very personalized which I really love because I think that that a lot of us can relate to it you know what I mean and it's that community it's that community aspect that communalness that that communalness is that a word It, it is now Thank you. I was gonna say that. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think it's um, it's really important. I mean, I, I know that that the industry is slowly changing. Um, people are talking about people of color. People are talking about um, people of size. Um, there there are things that are changing, but it is harder, I think, when it's a company. Uh, trying to make something for a market they don't understand yeah. versus um, somebody who's from that community mm-hmm. saying, I know what my community, I have a, I have a pretty good sense of what my community needs. I am not going to pretend that I know everything because mm-hmm. I don't, I have, sure. I have immense various varieties of privilege that mm-hmm. I'm never going to understand what someone who is black and living in uh the inner city i'm never going to understand that experience because i've never done that i'm not black i'm i'm latina well we're not a monolith right and so exactly that's okay totally you know yeah totally and so what i'm trying to do is just take the shared experiences that we have and acknowledge that it's different from a lot of other experiences and let's let's at least let's do something Mm -hmm. something is better than nothing and we will iterate from there and doing is the key word there for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm so sick of people talking about shit. Like, we could talk about this stuff all day. But, like, look, mm-hmm. the history has been the same for, for decades and centuries. Like, none of mm-hmm. this is, is really just repeating itself at this time, be, at, you know, mm-hmm. because we keep just talking about stuff. I'm tired of talking yeah. about it. So I'm glad that you're doing um, because, mm-hmm. you know, there are there are places that are trying but they're still failing in my opinion so like for example I was just recently on the American Birding Association podcast that just dropped or whatever today or yesterday or something and one of our topics that we were talking about was like birding with Gucci and how Gucci was like teaming up with North Face and this um, company I think it's like called Flock Together or something in the UK and they were, they're trying to get, I think it's specifically black people outside and trying to like highlight the, the disparities of people of color and being in the outdoors. Mm-hmm. Their whole ad is a trying to be inclusive, but it ends up being super exclusive. Um, and if you haven't seen this ad, I'd definitely look it up because it's, First of all, it's Gucci. That's not inclusive to a lot of people. Your stuff mm-hmm. is literally like $2,000 for a pair of shoes. You got me messed up about that. You got me fucked up. But no. And also, and also 
um, everybody is very, and I'm not knocking thin bodies, you know what I mean? Everybody's bodies are different, but there's no representation for, for fat bodies out there. So you're actually not being inclusive. Um, and by trying to be inclusive, you're being exclusive because you're still operating under the same mm-hmm. white supremacy, essentially, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I troubling. Yeah, no, totally. I, I, I'm, I challenge a lot of other, uh, brands in the industry, uh, with the, the notion of you can't just choose size inclusivity or people of color, like, like racial and ethnic inclusivity. You can't choose between the two. You have to do both. Like you can't say, I'm going to, I'm going to find some people of color to be in my ads, but I don't want fat people because now you're excluded. You're basically excluding the whole crew Um, and vice versa. Like I want, I want more plus size folks, but let's, let's keep them white. And it's like, well, no, now you're like, you can't do one or the other. And a lot of brands, they're just like, well, we're going to focus on one of them and then we'll deal with the other one later or maybe never at all. And I'm like, well, then you're not actually doing the work. Sorry. You're just, you're not. Um, and so I, and and to be clear, like Alpine pear is not exclusively for people of color. We're simply Mm -hmm. centering on people of Mm -hmm. color, Mm -hmm. um, and, and people of size, obviously, but the whole brand is for people of size period, full stop. Um, so, you know, I, I want to make sure that people aren't just like, oh, wait, this is only for people. It's like, it's not only for people of color. I want everybody to wear Alpine Parrot. If you're mm-hmm. in the size range, please buy my pants. I mm-hmm. want you to buy those. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. And I think, too, like the conversation also, um, I personally have been trying to be better about where I have privilege and, and acknowledging that privilege. And then also, um, being aware of like what and how things are coming across, I guess. And so, um, I also want to acknowledge that a lot of, a lot of our conversation today has centered ability as well. And Mm -hmm. so, um, there's also that lack of representation for, Mm -hmm um, people with, with different abilities or, or in birding, even just anything, there's a lack of conversation around that and a lack of representation around that as well. And so it's just kind of, it's a, people are trying and then, you know, all over the place. And I think like slowly, but surely, I don't even like that. I like, I, when I hear people say that, I'm like, ugh. Okay, but I don't like that idea because it takes it, it, it it's like, but there's so much that you can be doing now mm-hmm. instead of yeah. like this slowly, but surely we'll, we'll get there. No, no, no. We need to be there now. And there's, it's not hard to be there now, you know, mm-hmm. for our last couple of minutes here, um, uh, I always end with a shout out. Um, so who or what do you want to shout out? Um, so I just want to give a shout out to the best mammal on the planet, uh, called the quokka, Q-U-O-K-K-A, which is a small marsupial in, um, Southwestern Australia. And it is the happiest animal you've ever seen in your life. Um, 
if if I were an animal, I would want to be a quaka. Um, it is I just, just Googled it. <laughs> it's the best. Oh my God. Yeah, it's the, the best. And it's worth a Google. One day, yeah, one day I will go visit. Ugh, super cute. Thank you for that. You know, You're a lot welcome. of mammals don't get a lot of love on this podcast, but I'm here for the mammals. <laughs> I'm, here I'm happy it. to bring in <laughs> all sorts of animals. All, all about it. Yeah. All the newbies all for it. me today. Um, <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for stopping by today, Raquel. I appreciate the conversation. I appreciate what you're doing. Um, also, oh, I want you to talk about your, um, you didn't talk about your February 14th. Your, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. So, um as of February 14th, uh, we are launching a community conversation uh, called This Is My Happy Place. And I just want to hear from everybody, like, tell me about your happy place uh, outside. Um, and that can be in the woods. It can be on a 14er mountain. It can be in your neighborhood. It can be mm. on your roof. Mm. Um, whatever your happy place is, where do you find happiness in the outdoors? Um, it's happening on Instagram, hashtag happy place AP, um, and uh, tag Alpine Parrot on Instagram. It's, uh, I'm really excited to see what the community brings out. Um, and there's some really cool illustrations to share with folks. Um, mm. Stickers will be for sale. Like it's mm. going to be it's going to be really, really fun. Um, and so I, I would love for everybody in this community to, to share where mm. is your happy place and tell me about a time that you enjoyed life outside. Perfect. So yeah. Perfect. Definitely. And your Instagram handle is? Alpine Parrot. And do you Super have a, a Twitter or a Facebook um, yeah, or anything Twitter else? is Alpine Parrot as well. We're also on Facebook, but that one's Alpine Parrot Co. I mean, most of the conversation has been on Instagram, but mm -hmm. prove me wrong. Let's do it on Twitter. Let's do it on Facebook. I'm down for wherever the conversation needs to be. Perfect. So I will go ahead and link all of that in the show notes um, and on Instagram and wherever else I talk about this interview. And again, thank you so much. Um, thank you. And if you <laughs> listeners remember my whole goal here with having our, our BIPOC community on is to uplift and spread the wealth. And if you want to contribute to that, you can go to buymeacoffee.com backslash always be burden podcast to contribute. Awesome. Thank you so much, Raquel. We will chat with you again later. Um, and remember everyone, you can always be burdened.